So uh, if, if you're not aware already, we're wrapping up um, Second Thessalonians. We've been going through several books, and uh, we're going to pick up in verse 1 of chapter 3 tonight. It's, it's a small book. I'm going to read the first 18 verses as a whole just so we can get a feel for that. And then we're going to go back in and talk about that briefly. And, uh, uh, you know, it's funny because you, you read it the first, first time and, you know, they're pretty simple concepts. But I think once we really kind of dig into it and also think about it, not in just what was Paul trying to say to them, but what is he saying to us? You know, if it wasn't important, um, I, don't, I don't believe we'd be reading it today. But through the Holy Spirit, we, we still have it. And uh, the, the whole idea of everything is how can we apply it to our lives so that we understand what the Lord wants and, uh, and how we can, can do that. So if you would, read with me. Um, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every evil, I'm sorry, from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. For you yourselves know that you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer yourselves, ourselves, as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Take special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed. Yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you. I'm sorry, the Lord be with all of you. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand, which is a distinguishing mark in all my letters. This is how I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. So let's first take a look at maybe those first five verses. He says, um, Pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. For not everyone has faith, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. 
May the Lord direct your hearts into Christ's love and perseverance. Um, you, you remember that Paul knows that this church is, is going through a hard time. And Paul himself has been through a hard time. We talked a little bit um, before about how he even came to Thessalonica. Um, he had gone to Philippi, he got thrown in jail. He left there. Um, he goes to Thess Thessalonia or Thessalonica, I'm sorry. And we know he's there for at least three weeks, but we know that the people uh, were following him, trying to persecute him. And then he goes to Berea, then he goes to Athens, and finally he's, he goes to Corinth, and that's where he meets back up with um, Silas and Timothy. And even while he's in Corinth, that's not the end of his problems. You, you might remember in uh, Acts chapter 18, uh, verse 15, that um, they brought him up on charges of teaching what was contrary to the law, a guy by the name of Gallio. And uh, he was serving as the proconsul. And basically they said, hey, these, I'm not going to hear these charges. And then the mob got upset and they beat that guy up. And uh, my point, though, is that, that Paul really just about wherever he was was under constant persecution. So when he's telling these people, hey, hang in there, he's not... You know, he's not, he's not saying it from the ivory tower. He's lived it. And, of course, we have other uh, passages that tell us what all he endured with the shipwrecks and, uh, you know, going without sleep, going hungry, worrying about the churches. Um, he had plenty on his plate, and yet he did not allow it to keep him from serving the Lord uh, as much as he possibly could. I think it's really important to note that Paul is asking for their prayers and he wouldn't be asking for it if it didn't make any difference. Sometimes, you know, um, I think we, we really underestimate the power of prayer. You know, Paul could have prayed for himself and I'm sure he did, um, but he asked them to be involved in his ministry through prayer. He asked him to pray for um, himself and more importantly, the work, that nothing would hinder it. And apparently in, in looking at this, the, the Greek word that is used there uh, is kind of a word picture of like a, a runner not having anything holding him back. And, uh, you know, you, we, you've heard the, the, the term spread like wildfire. We, we know how, you know, it's hard to stop that. But this, this idea of like a runner, we find in, in other, um, other passages, thinking about our walk as, as a Christian or our race as a Christian. Hebrews 12 talks about let us, uh, in verse one, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And that's the key. Jesus is our example. And, and if we keep our eyes on him, just like with Peter, we're not going to sink. Uh, we're going to be in good shape. We're not going to get distracted. Um, 
when I, when I think about casting off any sin that would hold us back, that could uh, be our death, really, I think about uh, Joseph and Potiphar. And you remember, um, you know, he was working for Potiphar. Joseph or Potiphar's wife wanted to have an affair with him. And uh, it says one day he went into the house to attend his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. I just think it's a great word picture and it shows how, you know, the Bible is consistent in the themes that it mentions. You know, he runs out of the house. Of course, she accuses him falsely, but he does the right thing. And God ends up blessing uh, his entire family and the nation of Israel through Joseph. Philippians 3, uh, we spent a lot of time on that, but it's a great book. And Paul, Paul wrote that to the Philippians, and he says, he talks about, um, I consider everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain, or dumb that I may gain Christ. That's uh, Philippians 3, 7. The point is, um, we're getting rid of things that don't mean anything, things that are not gonna last, things that are gonna keep us from being effective servants of the Lord. Uh, and in that passage, Paul goes on and he says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. And then in that passage, he, he says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on to win the goal. I'm sorry, I press on toward the goal to win the prize. Again, it's this idea of a race. Um, you know, and, and in that same passage in verse 17 of Philippians 3, he talks about following his example, which is a similar theme that, that he says in, in uh, 2 Thessalonians tonight. And that's why we're trying to do that. We're trying to, uh, you know, he's not just speaking of his opinion. He's speaking on behalf of the Lord through the Holy Spirit on things that can not just help that church, but can help us at Burlington Christian Church or wherever we may be tonight. And I just want to spend a minute to talk about this idea of, um, you know, what is holding back the, the rapid spread of the gospel? What is it? Um, you know, maybe it's us. And it may not be the people, you know, that are, that are here tonight and, and are on, online. But, um, you know, it's not going to happen by accident. We, we have to be focused on... Uh, diving into God's word, and certainly you're here. I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but um, you know we need to be sure that we are actively focused on sharing it with other people too. Like you know, uh, John said in his message Sunday, you know, the how beautiful are the feet that spread the good news. You know, it's not the feet that are um, propped up on the on the couch. Um, you know, Paul likens our journey on earth to, to, rate, to a race. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we, are we running? Are we walking? Are we sitting? And uh, 
if you promise not to tell him, I'll tell you a little story about uh, Logan when he was, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12 years old. He had competed in this race here in the city. And so he went on to the state level. And so we went down to Raleigh and he was going to be running and I think the mile and the half mile. And uh, so we got ready to go and I looked at him and he's wearing cargo shorts. And I said, what are you doing? Get your shorts on. And he's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go with this. And, and so, uh, you know, he wasn't on a team or anything. He was running for himself. And so we, we said, okay, fine. Okay. Wear that. But I think you're going to regret it. So when we got to the, we got to the um, arena, really beautiful facility. Uh, it was probably 90 some that day. And they had a tent set up so they could get out of the heat. And he starts down in Gatorade. And, and we were like, hey, you better let up on that Gatorade. And so when it was time to run, you know, I, I don't know the mile, I think is like four laps around. And he, you know, went out with the group. He's fine. By the third lap, you know, his pants start coming down. And so he's like holding the pants with one hand and he gets a cramp in his in his side from all that Gatorade he's down. And, uh, you know, my point is, I mean, we all do things that maybe we wouldn't want others to, others to share. So don't bring that up if you see him. But my point is we can do things to sabotage our own race and we need to be really careful about it. Um, you know, if we think about the ministry of sharing the gospel with uh, telling somebody, hey, you know, this, this is going to save your life or save your soul. Um, you know, it's important that we do everything that we can to share that with other people. I was also thinking about, you know, like our missionaries and, you know, what holds them back. And sometimes it's, it's funding. Uh, in some of the countries that, that we deal with, like Ghana or Zambia, the inflation rate uh, could be as high as 10%. So that means if we're not giving an additional 10% every year, you're really going backward. And if you, you know, if you've ever heard of what's called the rule of 72, you know that if you divide the interest rate by 72, you find out how long it takes to double it. So if the interest rate is six, for instance, you know, or, well, let's just say if, if, the if the interest rate is 10%, then every 7.2 years, something is doubling. And so, you know, it's important that we keep up uh, our, you know, our giving for missionaries. Um, we don't want anything to hold them back if possible, if it's within our power. Uh, the other thing is, and, and, you know, and I think it really comes down to uh, committed people, and Paul prays for deliverance from evil people, uh, and we've seen that. Um, you know, one last thing is is um, you know a lot of a lot of our ministers have gotten discouraged, and I don't have the, the all the facts on that, but you know that one of the studies says that the average age of a minister now is fifty seven years old, and so you know we need to be praying for just like Paul is asking them to pray that nothing's going to hinder the message, not just praying about it, but also taking steps within our power to do everything we can 
Uh, supporting, we support a Bible college. Many of them have closed. Cincinnati Bible College, I believe, closed uh, at the end of last year. Mid-Atlantic's had to, they merged with another one. So did Johnson. Um, you know, my, my, my point is we need to be actively involved in praying because it does make a difference for um, the gospel to spread and for nothing to hold it back. Paul also expresses confidence uh, that God is going to help them to do what's right. And this was a good church. If you remember in the early part of the book, he lifts them up as an example, even though they had some problems. They had some people there that were maybe not doing everything they could and some people that maybe were introducing some, some false things that Paul had to address. Um, Paul is, is confident uh, in verse 3 he says, the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. And that reminds me of, of 1 Corinthians 10, 13, talking about how that God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Um, the next little section um, he commands them to get rid of those who were disorderly and especially those who were idle. And I think that's interesting. Um, fortunately, we've been blessed. We haven't had to do a lot of what I call church discipline, you know, where we've had to, uh, you know, go to someone's house and say, cut it out. You know, you, you can't come back here anymore. I mean, most of the time that like blows people's mind. They can't believe you would do anything to keep anybody from coming back, you know, but uh, there is a place for church discipline, even though nobody likes it. Uh, as an elder, we don't like having to do it. And who wants to be corrected? But we also know that, uh, you know, if as an example of, of a young person, if, if there's no discipline there, that is a problem. And, you know, Paul talked about discipline for the Corinthian church where he was. You know, after he left, you remember there was somebody having an, a, a relationship with their father's wife, and they had to deal with that. But the, the whole purpose of that is... Um, because the Lord has commanded it. And that's why Paul commands it. You know, Proverbs talks about, um, you know, people who are undisciplined and how it led to their downfall. And in uh, chapter five, verse uh, 12, talking about uh, at the end of your life, you'll, you'll groan when your flesh and body are spent. You'll say, how I hated discipline. How my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to my instructors. And I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. And then it goes on in that passage in verse 23. It says, for lack of discipline, they will die led astray by their own great folly. So uh, it's important uh, one thing I think that's, that's interesting here is that he's warning them not about uh, what many of us might call a, a, a big sin, 
but he's warning them about something that is a big sin. We just maybe don't think about it like that. And that's being idle. And um, I had to look up the word busybody. Um, I, I just not familiar with it. I've heard it, but essentially what it means is someone who is interested in things that do not involve them. You know, like your nosy neighbor, you've seen the commercial with the, uh, you know, the home association, they're coming over there and they're cutting their uh, mailbox down because it's too tall or whatever, and, you know, getting involved in things that, that are, are not important is a problem. And that's what Paul has talked about before is getting rid of everything um, that's not pleasing to the Lord. You, you've heard, um, you know, the, the, the idea of idle hands or the devil's workshop. And, you know, we don't have to think that hard, but if you've ever worked with somebody that was not doing their job and it affects your job, you know what a problem it can be. And just think about the idea of maybe uh, if you've ever built a house or had one built, you know that if one contractor doesn't get his work done, the next part may get delayed and everybody's on a schedule and it may wreck everything. And in the church, you know, we understand too that it's important for every part of the body to be working. And when it isn't, just like our human body, uh, it can it affects our effectiveness. Um, you know, it hurts the kingdom. I think it's interesting that, again, in Proverbs, it talks about it uh, in, in chapter 18, verse 9. It says, whoever is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. You know, not doing something is, in fact, doing something. It's hurting the church. And I understand that we can't all do the same things, but we can all pray. We can all be involved at whatever level the Lord allows. Um, you know, and, and the next part is he, um, I'm sorry, I haven't gone back and read all the passages, but he, he's exhorting them to not be weary in, in doing well. And, uh, Verse 13, you know, that's part of the purpose of this thing is not just to correct them, but to encourage them. And it reminded me, um, I was riding my bike, I think it was in July, and I was coming back into town. I'd been out for a while and really hot, coming up a hill, and I'm, I'm working hard, but I'm really tired and I'm almost home. And all of a sudden I heard somebody yell, you can do it, man. And it made me laugh and I never saw them. I was coming back into that area right in the Glen Raven where the houses are close together. And I just, I raised my fist up. And the point is it gave me extra energy because I knew somebody was watching me. You know, it just, it's like, it's like a peer pressure thing. And, but we can be an encouragement to one another through our words and our deeds. Um, and, and words can, can give life or words can kill. And, and uh, you know, I haven't always done that like I've wanted to. Uh, I've certainly said things I've regretted, but Paul has given them encouragement 
He's given us encouragement to hang in there, to persevere with the strength that Christ provides. Um, you know, one last thing about that, the, the discipline. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm backtracking a little bit. The, the, the purpose of the discipline was to, to restore the unity of the body. And you remember in 2 Corinthians how Paul is talking to them about, hey, you know, this has gone on long enough. Bring this guy back in. You know, he's sorry. And he, he says the purpose of that um, in 2 Corinthians in, in uh, chapter 5, verse 11, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. That's what Paul is trying to do through his letters is straighten out a problem. Um, and, and he says some of the same things to, to Timothy. He says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments um, because the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome and must be kind to everyone. And he goes on in that passage and he says, um, talking about restoring them gently, he says, so that they'll come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil. You know, that's part of it is realizing that these problems we face sometimes among us are, are things that the devil tries to do to sidetrack us. And Paul doesn't want that church to get sidetracked. He doesn't want Burlington to get sidetracked. Um, and, and, and neither do we. And then in the last part of it, um, he's kind of winding down in, in uh, verses 16 and 17. He says, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. And that's what so many are looking for that are, you know, they're, they're trapped at home or they're worried or they're in a problem. They're looking for peace. And, you know, that's a peace that only the Lord can provide despite our circumstances. And then he, he, he says, the Lord be with all of you. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand which is a distinguishing mark in all my letters. We think maybe part of the reason he wrote that was because, I don't know, maybe somebody had claimed that Paul had said something or written something. He's trying to, I think, uh, make sure you know this is, this is authentic. You know, this has got the, my seal of approval. Um, you know, thinking about the church, um, Julie the other day was talking about how we all have a different story to tell about the grace that, that we've received. And I listened to a story the other day on the radio. They were talking about our point of view. And they said, you know, if you imagine coming together at Thanksgiving dinner, we're all sharing the same dinner, but we are not all sharing the same experience. You know, there may be older ones who are thinking about those who have gone on. There may be young ones that are, you know, can't wait to get out from the table. The point is we're all bringing our point of view and perspective into the church too, but it makes us stronger because we're bringing different things to the family, making it a complete family. And so, you know, we want to focus on keeping our eyes on Jesus the, the author and perfecter of our faith, getting rid of the things that are going to slow down the spread of the gospel. Um, and when we do that, Paul says God is going to 
the God of peace is going to bless us, uh, give us peace at all times and in every way so that we never tire of, of doing good. And sometimes we do get tired, and that's when we need to rely on the power of, of the Lord. So just to wrap it up, thank you for listening. Paul says, pray about the work of God. Pray for each other. Um, pray that you can overcome opposition, whether it be from inside or outside the church. Paul says, pray uh, for each other that we grow in love and perseverance and that we're not idle uh, and, and don't cause trouble. And then I would like to just close with what Paul says, which is a blessing for their peace. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way.